Every day we witness distinct forms of inequity towards certain races, genders, ethnicities, religions, and others. But this time we came to talk about the unheard voices of a most famous novel that has been circling every part of the world for more than two centuries. Can you imagine being part of a two-century-old sociocultural changing story and never having your thoughts and feelings heard? Today in our special program, This Lions Choir, we welcome two secondary characters and the main protagonist of Mary Shelley's gothic novel, Frankenstein, to share the information that they have been keeping inside for so long. Welcome to part one of The Science Choir, where we explore the unheard voices that were obliterated by the main characters in the novel Frankenstein by Mary Shelley in order to justify their role in their tragic death and their part in this story. I, Ariana Yarte, am your host today, and we will be speaking with Henry Clerval, Victor Frankenstein's dearest friend, about his perspective in the novel Frankenstein. Please welcome him, everyone. Hello, how are you today, Henry? We're so glad you are here. I am good. Thank you for having me today. So today we wanted to hear your story in the novel Frankenstein. It is said you were Victor Frankenstein's best friend, some might say resembling the opposite of him as a sense of what he could have been if his study for the creation of the monster did not overtake him, correct? Yes, as a matter of fact, we have been close friends since childhood. I stuck with him and supported him throughout his study of the creature. I even traveled all the way to England with him and cared for him while he was ill. We are more like brothers than anything. If either one of us needed one another, we would be there for each other. That must have been really nice, having a very sincere friendship with Dr. Frankenstein. As we know, he wasn't the easiest person to be around. Yes, he definitely wasn't easy to be around. It was never boring, I'll tell you that. He's just a bit different, but I guess you get used to it after being friends with him basically your whole life. I bet. Well, in chapter 21 of the novel of Frankenstein, after Dr. Frankenstein discovers your death, he mourns as he calls himself the murderer of William, Justine, and now you. Now, would you agree or disagree with this? Well, the way I see things, he is only human. I know he would never intentionally do things to hurt me or anyone else that had to suffer throughout his creature's reign. He cared deeply for each and every one of us, although he had a particular way of showing it. I believe that he was a good man despite his actions. He was only acting under pressure. Look, I know he was self-centered and arrogant, but that was only because of the effect of the study to make the creature in the first place. He wasn't always like that. Okay, so... You don't think he was responsible for the outcome of the creature becoming evil if he was just acting under pressure. What's your opinion on that? No, he was responsible for turning the creature into a monster. I believe that he is responsible for his treatment to the creature and for the outcome of that. He could have taken initiative and taught the creature the ways of humanity and of life. He could have shown him what love was instead of neglecting him. But he instead did the opposite of that, which had an unfortunate outcome of the monster. What I am trying to say is that Victor would have never done any of that to purposely hurt us. Maybe he was disappointed in what his creation turned out to be and didn't know how to react, so he acted out of disappointment and hatred, not considering the consequences of what his actions might do. That could make sense. We are only human. We make mistakes sometimes, that is correct. 
I admire your perspective. It kind of reminds me of Disney's iconic Beauty and the Beast, where in the story, Bill learns to view the hideous beast for the good within. Oh, wow. I would have never thought to compare myself to that. Most people judge based on others' actions and only their intentions. Sometimes we forget others have intentions also. Now that is very true. We do forget that, don't we? I guess in a way we do forget others' intentions despite them being negative. With that being said, do you have a sense of anger towards the creature for strangling you to death? I do have anger towards him, yes. But again, I do have an understanding of where he is coming from. Nobody is born a monster. They are made. He was created not knowing a single thing about the ways of humanity. He didn't know how to control his uncontrollable anger. He never learned how to cope with the trauma and pain he carried. So instead, he hurt others because he was hurt. That is just so stunning to hear what such bravery and conception you carry. We all admire that about you. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story with us today. It means so much to us all. Thank you. It means so much to be here. Well, we are all out of time for part one of discovering the unheard voices in the famous novel of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Thank you everyone for joining us today in the Triology podcast, The Science Choir. Until next time. Today, we have with us a special lady named Elizabeth Lavenza, although I should refer to her as Elizabeth Frankenstein now. A sensitive, novel lady who was adopted by the Frankenstein family and became later on the wife of her main character, Victor Frankenstein. Throughout the novel, we do not get to know her very well, but hopefully today that is going to change. It is our pleasure to have you with us today, Elizabeth. I am honored to be your guest. My first question will be, do you consider yourself someone whose voice hasn't had the opportunity to reach the readers? Because even though we put you into that category, some people might not consider themselves someone that has been neglected in the story, but are rather satisfied. Um, I do wish that my thoughts have been of greater value for Victor and for those who read the novel today. I think it was rather neglected, but never dare to do or say anything about it. Victor was always occupied, though. Do you think that the fact that Victor was always busy away from home and away from you makes a big difference when it comes to the importance of your character in the novel? I've always had a lot to say, but no one close to say it to. Everyone was always busy worrying about themselves, like my lovely Victor, so at some point in my life, I just assumed that my duty was worrying about them first and staying quiet to not disturb That must have been painful. Yes, I know pain. When I was a little girl, the Frankenstein family saved me, and since then, I've felt like I owed them so much, and that practically defined me. I've always cared a lot about people who do me right. You've been pretty much a mother figure to William, and the main feminine figure in Victor's life. Also, 
I understand that you and Justine were almost like sisters, right? <sighs> yes, I was. But I'd rather not talk about those who aren't here no more. I miss Justine and Williams way too much. Right, I'm sorry. Let's talk about some rumors that have been circling around instead. Rumors? Even though your character is not fully presented, it is obvious that you love Victor. But some readers think that maybe Victor didn't love you. Uh, Elizabeth? I couldn't be able to speak for him. I do love him and always have, but it is true that he is someone distant sometimes. He loved us, his family, for sure, but maybe... Maybe he just needed someone to care for him as much as he did. I see. Having the man you love so far away and being kept in the dark, you're a strong, faithful woman. Thank you, but I would have preferred that Victor had placed more trust in me. This situation reminds me of something. The other day I was reading an article and do you know that today 92% of working mothers and 89% of housewives report to feel overwhelmed by their duties at home and their parenting responsibilities? I know you were not as old when you married Victor, but one in four women over the age of 40 are currently taken into the presence. I have no idea, but I understand. I think we've always had many responsibilities. When Victor's mother died, I felt as if I had to take her position. She even said so herself. Sometimes, I just wanted a break of everything. Most women in this position even get to experience fatigue and insomnia. Just like you when you married Victor, they cannot simply take the problems out of their head. But even then, they are not listened to. That might be because we're always trying to fulfill our roles as best as we can. I have a last question for you before we have to say goodbye. Nothing would make me happier. In the novel, Victor didn't want to tell you what was happening with the monster because he thought you'd be scared and there had to be a perfect confidence between you two first. But really, how would you have reacted then? I would have been scared, of course, but I know I would have been strong and helped him. Maybe even advised him and protected him from his own madness. I wish he had told me sooner. And I totally agree with you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Elizabeth Frankenstein today. Thank you so much. to the latest episode of The Silent Choir, where we explore the voices that are overshadowed by the main characters of a story. Today, I, Jimena Flores, will be speaking with Victor Frankenstein, the main protagonist in the novel Frankenstein, but Mary Shelley, regarding the deaths of his loved ones in this final episode of the series on this, the classical horror story. Let's welcome him in. <laughs>
Strange how the audience cheers for me in my time of mourning. Well, I think the production team pressed the wrong button. Anyways, it's nice to have you here with us today. My deepest condolences for you. It must be hard having to deal with so many deaths in a span of a few years. Thank you. If it wasn't for the wretched creature, I wouldn't be dealing with these strong emotions. I mean, you weren't exactly Prometheus when you created the creature. <laughs> How was I to know this monster would kill the ones I love for revenge? I collected parts that would have made him beautiful and perfect. Except, he turned out to be a raging monster that has no sympathy. I'm sure the creature felt something. He came to life and you weren't there to guide him through his birth. Miserable, from the inclemency of the season, and still more from the barbarity of man. The creature recalled on page 94. What would William and Henry think if he confessed about tempering with nature and creating a man from various parts he dug out of graves and running away out of fear of his appearance? I didn't kill anyone. Oh, Mr. Frankenstein, the wannabe Prometheus, but is instead the modern Epimetheus. Your actions led to consequences that were to be expected from creating a sentient being. Haven't you seen Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back? P-Pokemon? <sighs> the movie is about a monster genetically created by scientists that results in a disaster because the monster... Mewtwo is upset about the purpose of his creation. Ooh. Well, uh, that... Mr. Frankenstein, may I call you by your first name? I suppose. All right, Victor. In the novel by Mary Shelley, Chapter 7, your father wrote you a letter regarding the death of William. He wrote, This picture of your mother is gone and was doubtless the temptation which urged the murderer to do the deed. Quote. The creature you created very well knew what he was doing when he found poor little William in the forest. He found the miniature of your mother on William's person and understood his importance to you. William didn't deserve to be murdered. The creature's actions cannot be justified. I'm not saying they can, but consider why injustice has occurred. The consequences of your creation led to voices being silenced. Voices that, as you said, did not deserve to be silenced. William was only a child. He had his whole life ahead of him, and I took that from him. Justine was wrongly convicted, and I did nothing to prove her innocent. Elizabeth knew Justine wasn't their murderer, and tried to advocate for her, but her voice remained unheard. I didn't speak for her, I didn't speak my mind about who the murderer was, because I was afraid that I would be labeled as insane. And now... my friend. He was brutally murdered by that monster. First, I lost my dear younger brother, then poor Justine, then my best friend. 
Oh, how I wish to get revenge on that wretched monster. Dear, Victor, I just received some terrible news. It seems the creature has taken the life of your fiancé. <gasps> what? No, it can't be. He couldn't have. I'm so sorry, Victor. Yet another voice has been silenced. Your fiancé, Elizabeth, has been silenced by your creation. We were to be wed tonight. I must find that hideous beast and put an end to this. Very disheartening news. Well, there you have it, folks. Our friend Victor Frankenstein has decided to seek justice for the series of deaths of his loved ones through acts of revenge. Thank you for joining us today. This concludes our trilogy and this podcast on the classical horror story written by Mary Shelley.